Hello and welcome to Chris Talks Pictures. Today I am joined by my uncle Mark. Hello. Hello. Um, we are talking about Jaws today. One of my absolute favourite movies. It's a classic from... It's one of them films that's just going to be around forever now, I think. I, I don't think it came out in 1978 and now we're talking about it in the end of 2020. So it's, it's, it's going to be here forever now, I think. Um, first thing I'd like to ask everyone about it is, well, how have you been anyways, actually? We'll go from there. We'll go through some stuff. How are you? How is life? Yeah, life's good. Um, <laughs> bit crazy at the moment, isn't it, for everyone? But, yeah. you know, it's, uh, yeah, it's all right. Well, I woke up this morning, so it's always a, yeah. always a positive. Uh, that is, that's, that's the first tip. Okay. Disclaimer, my dogs are round and it's a wooden floor and they're, they're trying to be heard. So if you may hear some slamming or um, noises, it's them. Don't don't worry. It's just they're they're being a noisy lot. Yeah. Did you um did you stop working when everyone's lockdown? Did you carry on? Uh no, we just carried on. Oh okay. Uh, yeah. That must have been different then, wasn't it? Yeah, it was definitely a different um driving the bus in lockdown. Mm. That must have been fun. Yeah. Let people on from the back door instead of the front. And, yeah. Yeah. And uh, now you're like sealed in a, your own little cubicle. Mm. But um yeah, challenging. Yeah. Okay, well, back onto the actual subject we're talking about. Jaws. Great film. Yeah. Uh, what I said about what you into watch is one of the ones you mentioned. So, have you, is it a big film film for you? Is it like a film you really love or one Definitely, of your favourites? Yeah. One of the one of the greatest films I think has ever been made. Yeah. Um, be honest, I'm very surprised it's a film that hasn't been rebooted in this day and age, and I'm glad they haven't. I, I don't know if they can necessarily. They they could even reboot it now. It's um. One of them films where it's it was so different because you saw that with the other ones where they obviously the other four, um, three films that came out afterwards and mm. where they tried changing the um the format with um bringing the shark into into view and other films like for example like Deep Blue Sea which came out in the nineties where they they showed the sharks it just never worked they've never ever been able to to mar match um Jaws well I think that's one of the half of the the great things of the film. Uh, for the fact that it made you use your imagination a bit yeah. more because you didn't you didn't see the shark yeah. and um, it was only when I watched a program behind the making of Jaws the reason why you didn't see the sharks because the shark stopped working yeah they um they they tested the sharks at Universal Studios mm -hmm. but they they someone obviously didn't do their research they they really they tested it thoroughly but in just fresh normal water like a, a swimming pool's yeah. water. So doing that, the shark worked. But then when they put it into the sea, with what is in the sea, the salt, mm. it got into the uh, mechanics of it all and it just it busted down. And it, um, it actually pushed production back um, by a load. It cost an extra, I think, the original budget was like 7 million. Mm. And then because of the amount of issues that was going on with the shark, it went up to 12. And I know like we talk about that now in this day and age, that's, that even most um, cheapest of cheap films is, is not twelve million or seven million. Well, so a year away from yeah. twelve million. Yeah, it? but it's, if you only look at indie movies now, like they come mm. out like the real small indie films, they're still like only ten million almost. It's um so to go back to that point of like seven million up yeah. to twelve, but back again nineteen seventy eight, like well I don't even know what the conversion rate would be on that. It'd be a lot more than it is now, mm. and they've obviously had to struggle with it. Luckily, they got because still the Spielberg wasn't. Steven Spielberg then. This was only his second film. Like I, I, the first one's gone out of my head. But it wasn't a... Um, the Jewel. Sorry? The Jewel. Ah, see, that, that wasn't... Um, I don't even know. I don't know seen that. It's not, it wasn't like a to the moon film, was it? He didn't shoot him. This was, a, this was the film that um, mm. sent him to stardom. So he, he got quite lucky with um, being able to convince the, the big studio heads to, like, to give us that bit more money to relax and let us go through this mm. film. Because that cost them a money. That could have easily just cut it and been like, no, you're not, you're not worth the hassle. But it, um, in a way, it, it made the film. Because I do, but I, we saw the shark um, in other scenes. Yeah. And how, it, obviously, when I, was, when I was young when I saw this film, it looked real to me. I, I, would, I would have sworn that was a real shark. Yeah, exactly but, yeah, now you watch it in, um, in 2020, you're like, oh no, that is a, that is a piece of rubber. Yeah. <laughs> you can't show Jaws to a new person, I find. I've tried showing Jaws to, to new people that don't really haven't watched it, aren't really film people, and they just they just laugh at it. They'll just be like, it's, it's a fake. But yeah, it's, it's, you can't ever um, show it. But yeah, did you know, though, that the actual shark was only on camera for four minutes? 
I didn't know that. I um I was doing the research for this, and mm. yeah, it came up with um in the whole movie, the sharks actually only sing for four minutes, and it's mm-hmm. two over two hours yeah. long. So yeah, that was um I was really surprised by. It. But then you you think back to it, like yeah, because they, they couldn't, as you said, it kept breaking. They couldn't mm. show it. So and that's and that's one another thing about saying Steven Spielberg. One of the things that makes him mm. and why I think he's held like held as in the highest regard is. He he was obviously one of, one of the guys being the director who would have come up with the idea of, okay, we'll just do the POV shots and use the actual, um, the camera yeah. as the shark and go from there, which that's just, that's, that's, it's such a simple thing, but it, as you said a minute ago, it gave everyone to use their imagination of what the shark looked like, what he was doing, and, um, yeah. and you were the shark in a sense, and, we, and with the, um, the score done by John Williams, which... To, to add to that point as well is that's now synonymous. That's mm. that's that's a piece of music that will go down in history. Oh, it's, it's used. Um, I was watching a boxing match um, a couple of months ago, mm. and as the guy walked into the ring, it started off. His ring entrance started off with See? the Jaws theme. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, when you associate the Jaws theme, you're associating danger or somebody yeah. who believes that yeah. they're, they're dangerous. Really, that yeah. you know. So shame with fear and just like yeah, yeah worry. It's um and it is you see yeah. watching yeah. So it also makes the, the hairs on the back of your neck stand. Yeah. So as soon as you hear it, you're, yeah. You know, I mean, like I say, you, you watch Jaws. I suppose it's probably for our generation now, like the younger generation who are used to the deep blue sea or are used to all the uh, everything that's all digitally mm. remastered and you know everything's used but made by computer now. Yeah. But for us, we watch that as soon as it, you hear that music. Yeah. You, you're literally, you're like this, and you know, I'm like sitting here with a cup of coffee in my hands now, I'll put it down, because I know exactly, even though I've watched it countless of times, you know it's going to be something that's always still going to make, yeah. that's still going to make you jump, yeah, the, and that's um, another great thing of the film. Yeah, the, the scene where um, uh, Hooper is in the water, oh, they go in the boat on, mm. in the middle of the film, and he goes underwater to go for, see what, can he find a boat out there? And that scene where the body just falls out of the boat and he drops the um, tooth, if you know what I'm on about. Mm, yeah. That scene, that, uh, even though I've seen it a million times, it still makes me, because it just comes up with the, um, the, uh, the Hitchcock screech. I, I, I don't even know how to make a noise. But then like, duh! And yeah. the, every time it just makes me get mm. a little bit like, oh. Cause, um, but fun enough, that was actually filmed in a swimming pool. It wasn't in the ceiling and they just got into a pool and just jumped mm. in there. But yeah, it's, um, it's, it's also based on a book which was um which yep. was interesting because it's also named Jaws, which is always an int- it's always like risky I find obviously because they actually they cut a lot of stuff out of the book because the book originally was about the shark but it was also mm-hmm. had a lot of other subplots and stuff. Like, have you read the book? Um, I've read some of it. But okay. Yeah, I know, do know the um there are quite a few di- uh, yeah. differences. Yeah, there's um which I I, I think is a good idea because mm-hmm. um like one of the one of the main bits I'm from um I haven't read the book but from seeing about watching Battle Jaws is um, that the mayor, originally in the film, he doesn't want to close the beaches because he wants the money coming in and he doesn't want to um, lose out onto the town. But in the book, it was because he had dealings with like the mafia or a, a gangster, um, a mob, and he was closing the beaches with losing money and he would get killed. So uh, these kind of things there, obviously, they could have added in, but it would have just mm. made the film a bit messy. So I think just completely focusing on the shark and the story was, was a much smarter idea. So that that was what I liked about it mainly. Um, I mean, my wife she she read the book, and one mm. of the main changes in the book from the film is that Hooper yeah. had an affair with oh. Rogie's wife. Oh, okay. And Hooper was actually killed. Yeah. In the book, um, but when I was watching the making of Jaws, the reason they kept Hooper alive was the fact that when you see the shark thrashing around with the cage and destroying the cage, that's actually real footage. Okay. That actually took place in Australia. Oh wow! And um, so, and Spielberg was so impressed with it, he had a choice. Mm-hmm. He could either stay loyal to the book and kill Hooper, or he could obviously. I mean, he wouldn't be able to have Richard Dreyfus in the in the or a stuntman in the cage while the mm-hmm. shot thrashing thrashing the cage around. So, and because he was so impressed with what happened, he decided, you know what, we're gonna yeah, uh, we're gonna keep that. Yeah. Um... So yeah, so I wasn't researching this. They did say about like in the book, he doesn't just he doesn't die like in a, a, a horrific way. It's like you say he, he gets hit in the cage. They talk about that, mm. but then he um, he dies at the end of when succumbing to his wounds. And it's like that would have felt. I think after blowing up the shark, then to do that would have been mm. 
a little bit silly. So I'm glad they kept him up. And also, yeah, they got rid of the whole game with the um, affair part. And because mm. um, I'm not sure if in the book if it goes over a longer period of time. Because in Jaws, it's only what about a week long in it from the first attack to the end. I'm pretty sure it's not yeah, much no, longer. It wasn't, wasn't very long. So it starts off with the um, the skinny dipper, doesn't it? And, yeah, um, Christy. Yeah. Who was actually um, funny enough? She I didn't know this. She was um, she was played by just a stuntman. Um, and they what they did was I think the plan behind it was they didn't tell her they, they attached her to a rope and yeah. they didn't tell her when she was just swimming out there in a good time. They just they just yanked it and they didn't tell her, which um, it happened with few films, didn't they? Did little improv bits. Mm. So that re- reaction, the very first one where she just jolts and looks mm. genuinely quite terrified, that's real. Yeah. She doesn't know what's going to happen. And then obviously before I think she can even shout anything, scream about what's going on, they just yanked again. That's when they started thrashing her around. Yeah. And it's probably smart to do it for stone because that's what she's paid for. Mm. You do that with an actress, she, she could get hurt, you whiplash or something like that, yank them underwater. Yeah, lawsuit. Yeah, <laughs> they're not going to want to do that or they're going to um, really struggle with it. But you get a stone in there, you just be like, mm. listen, smile and get paid. And that's what she did. So, and that's what I think made it even mm-hmm. better. And she, I think she was just generally terrified <laughs> going in a scene like that. Um, but yeah, so she was... A, and then also the scene um, after, you know, when they find the hand in the sand? I mean, yeah. it was her hand. That was actually because um, Steven Spielberg couldn't find a prospect that he liked. He just made it look silly. Mm. So what they did was they, um, they buried a, a crew member under the sand. Mm. Uh, obviously, to take a break enough. And they just stuck his hand out. And oh. um, yeah. So the hand, so that real that hand, it's a real hand. Mm. It's, it's just someone there just being told, just don't move. So I found that, I thought that was pretty cool. And I think that's something that I really like about older films is mm. the, uh, well, you have to be a bit smarter with it. Because now in this day and age, you can just, you say, yeah, you just, everyone's done on a computer, you just oh, digitally enhance it, it's done. Mm. No one cares. But back then in the 70s, before CGI was really a big thing, you had no choice but to um, be a bit more clever with it. And that's again one of one of the reasons why Jaws does work so well because mm. we saw that I think I can't remember I haven't seen the second one in a, quite a while so I'm not hundred sure if they did the same thing with the camera or not but definitely in the third one which was only in the eighties they they just had a still view have you seen the third one with um well, the third one that was Richard Quaid three D yeah that was uh, Dennis Quaid's break, Dennis Quaid right? yeah and um you know, they just made looked... careers and broke and destroyed careers careers that film yeah. Yeah, it's... I actually like it. For me, I, like... I think I like it for the fact because it's so bad. Because when you watch it now, I mean, it's like it was made for three uh, D TV, yeah. and you see like where they're in this little submarine, and it's like a there's like a line around it as, as it's coming down, yeah. and you can see it, it's so obvious you're not in water, mm. you know. But I mean, for the time, I mean, it was a breakthrough in TV, yeah, three um, mm-hmm. D TV. So I suppose when it was actually being recorded, being shown yeah. in cinemas, people maybe with the old three D glasses, mm. you know, were like. It's well, that I find that so interesting about three D though is that every decade or so, three mm. D comes back as this brand new thing. Like if it's yeah. oh my god, see this film in three D, and like they, they again, it's died out now. Films aren't really in three D again, but I guarantee you by twenty twenty four. 3D would be the, or the hottest range again. And it's it's always interesting because like, you think, oh, wow, it's such a brand new thing. But it's not. It's been around since mm. like um, Jason, I think, was it Friday the 13th? Fir- Friday the 13th? They did a 3D one. Yeah. So Jaws did a 3D one. Um, I think Halloween had a 3D. And then you say, it's just, it's every every couple of, every decade or so, yeah. for a few years, they bring out 3D and it never does well and it dies out again and then it comes back. I don't understand it. I don't like 3D. Yeah. yeah, Jaws. I I didn't mind watching Jaws three because for me again, I got I was quite lucky growing up because um, films were always my life. My, my dad's bloody I worked in a video shop for a good portion of life, so I've always got so watching Jaws three as a kid. I absolutely know I didn't notice it again. Same as the first one, you didn't mm-hmm. ever think, like, oh, this is a, this is a real. It's silly. I really like the story, and it was terrifying to me being. Like we'll go every every kid loves to go to a water park or go to something like that or go to a go to an aquarium mm-hmm. and then to think you could be in the water in one of them like them boat things they had and then a great white could get into it. Mm. That's 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 terrifying. And honestly, um for me personally, I'm 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 absolutely terrified of um of the sea. Mm. Like whenever I go out there, I'll go like in, in our seas and all that, but I'm still a little bit thingy, but if I go, go abroad, like, I was in um Spain a few years ago with my friend and he liked to play pranks on me. He'd always do it crossing the road and he would just scream and then running I, I would like a headless chicken trying to get out of the way. 
and we were in the wall and I'm just like, and he, and he just he just screams like shut up yeah. and, uh, I've, um, he was like Chris I've never seen you fall over and just not be able to get back up so quickly mm-hmm. so yeah I'm not, I'm not good in a crisis apparently <laughs> um, in those situations I'm just going to go down and just plop around but saying that it's the same with um, Steven Spielberg he's actually scared of mm. the sea and I think I'm not sure if um, in, if in the book Brody was scared of the sea but that's why but in the film obviously yeah, it was such it was. a big yeah it was such a big thing for him in the film he was terrified of the sea and what's in it and I think that was also a part of Steven Spielberg's because he's got a thing where he doesn't like the water or um, mm. being in or anything underneath it he finds it all quite scary but it's um Another little bit about the film, though, was... And it's a bit of a sadder point now, and it's one of them things where you kind of wish the film wasn't made because after it came out, um, shark comp- shark killing competitions massively increased yeah. um, all around the world. And it, it, I, but it was I, portrayed as the enemy, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so. and it, it became like a, it came like a fear. Mm. Like, and from doing that, they, they made... So many. That they, I can't remember the exact number. But they said that the um, the worldwide population of sharks massively decreased, and they yeah. do blame Jaws for it. And I'm I'm pretty sure it was the guy who wrote the book. I'm certain it was. Became like a shark safety activist after it came out. Yeah, Peter Benchley. Yeah. yeah. After it came out, because he was a right. He was a life. It was him. That, yeah. Yeah, he's passed now, but um... I'm just yeah. I'm just trying to remember which one it was. I remember seeing about yeah. um, either it was either him or a script writer, someone who was involved in the film afterwards became a massive um, activist against it because I think he and his were. wife both yeah. Because yeah. so many people were going out just doing killing sharks because of um, they watched they saw on a film and it was they're not actually that evil. They're not an evil creature. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I mean, sharks. I mean, it's their territory, the water, isn't it? Yeah. So... Yeah, it's not shark infested, it's uh-huh. just got sharks in there. The earth isn't human infested, it's um, just where you live. Yeah. It's... They are, yeah, they're my favourite animal. I'm obsessed with sharks, always have been. And again, I think it's more down to this bloody film. Um, yeah, back onto the actual, the film. Because quite, as we said a bit a minute ago or so, quite a lot of it was, um, well not a lot of it, but some of the biggest scenes were improvised. Yeah. And that the, the main big mm. scene... Well, you actually, because you see the shark when he when he attacks the um the guy on the kayak. Yeah. You see it, but you don't really see it. You just see under the water and mm. it's moving. It's not really a good view. So the first time you actually properly see it out of water, looking into it, is where Brody's chumming with the yeah. cigarette and he's like, oh, why have I got to do this? And that wasn't, he didn't know that was going to happen, did he? He nah. thought, he was just, didn't know what was going on. He was just doing it. And then out of nowhere, they began being silly, put the shark up. And um, so when he, his reaction of like just jolting back and like, oh my God, and going back into it, because he's obviously a professional, so he knew what to do. He didn't like, oh, what's going on? Yeah. He then says to um, to Quint, you're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah. The most famous line in, in probably one of the most famous lines in movie history now, saying with like, you've got like run, forest, run or something like that. Yeah. And yeah, it was just off the cuff. He just, it was originally a, um, a joke on set because of the amount of equipment they had or full of water, mm. and there wasn't the boat wasn't big enough, so they would just go to like Stephen or anything. But Steve, you need a bigger boat, and then he um, he saw the moment and he, he took it. He thought, "This is what I've got to do. I've got to say it," mm. and it became. It's one of the greatest lines. Like I said, it's one of the greatest yeah. lines in movie history. Yeah, and it's, it's like something what people use in everyday language yeah. as well. Really, if, if you know, if you want to crack a funny, yeah, it's something that, you know. You need a bigger house. You can, you know. Yeah, yeah. So it's again, it's just it's it's. It really does. Uh, the whole scene in that bit, and then when you find out about Quint's life and why he's there, yeah. Because um, when you when you're younger, you don't really realise, but then you see more about his storytelling. Because then he goes through telling about the the Minneapolis, the Indianapolis, Indianapolis. Yeah. Sorry, I was close. And um, about because that's real. That's real as well, wasn't it? That was yeah. a, that was a real story where um, yeah, the Second World War. Wasn't yeah, it? they yeah. were carrying the um, the nuke and they got sunk. And yeah. then, like the, the um, they just get infested with shark. There actually is another film with um Nicolas Cage. It's not very good. It's a very Nicolas Cage film. Mm. But they did do one about it as well. And it is that's a Harris story. I would like to see a proper film or a proper story about that. And um, yeah. So then he goes in there thinking, and that's why he goes after the shark because he believes that the shark's there for him. Mm. And that's why when he can see that he they he, they can escape and they go through it. Or he he smashes the radio. He wants to fight this shark. He needs to. And it's only then when he realises, oh, I can't beat this thing, that he then runs and panics. But in his panic, he then destroys, he breaks the um, the engine, the engine blows out, and that's when the shark attacks right at the end of the film. Mm. 
um, yeah, his his storytelling because he was um, he, uh, I'm not sure was he, wasn't he was he drunk on set was that was it him? Oh, the Magnum Jewels. Yeah. Yeah, I think they actually yeah they did um when they were um, having a drink I think that was actual real alcohol they, they were yeah. having. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all like added um, to the atmosphere because yeah. One of the things that I found out when I was um, watching the making of Jaws was the real animosity yeah. that existed between Richard Dreyfuss, who played yeah. Hooper, and Robert Shaw, who played Quinn. Yeah. Because uh, Robert Shaw's was a lot of, was saying that much older, but I think he had more. It was more experienced, and I think he saw Dreyfuss as disrespectful because mm. um, maybe because of his youth. Um, so yeah, I think that. Yeah. The reason for the drink as well was that also sort of like fueled. It, it massively added yeah. to the film because obviously their whole relationship through the film from where they meet mm. is that they don't like each other and you can see that they don't like each other. Yeah. So to find that out afterwards, you're like, oh, okay, well that definitely added into it. Mm. And it was, um, yeah, I, when I heard about that, you, you see it in the film then, don't you? Once you see, you, you're watching, you're like, oh yeah, because you can see like, a bit where he puts his hand in his mouth and he starts swearing at him. Mm. It's, um, yeah, so about actors, um, he didn't want to play the role. Yeah, one of the roles that I think um, he struggled for was um, Queen, because mm. uh, an actor by the name of Lee Marvin, um, I believe he was a um, famous for West westerns. Normally, normally played the villain. Um, he was offered the role first, but turned it down. Then there was another actor, I can't remember the name, but he turned it down for the fact was that he owed the American government a lot of money in taxes so for him to come back into the country would have cost him mm. uh, financially and so I think Robert Shaw was the third choice um, the role of Brody of what I do remember that um, an actor did want was um, Charlton Heston mm. but because of the success of Ben-Hur and other films he'd been in um, Spielberg rejected him for the, for the fact of was that he thought he would be um, the star. Yeah. When for him, he wanted the shark to be the star. And so he thought that uh, Charlton Heston being in the film would take that away f from the focus from the shark. Mm. And um, so when I was watching the making of Jaws, um, Roy Schneider got the part because he met Spielberg at um, some party in Beverly Hills, I, I believe. Okay. And because um, Spielberg was saying that he, was, he couldn't find anybody to play the part. Mm. And uh, Schneider said, well, what about me? And he saw his performance in The French Connection. And um, I think that that's what led him to get in the role of Brody. Okay. It all works out then, because obviously all three were synonymous with, the, um, with their roles. I don't think anyone would have really done... A better job and it works out in them kind of films sometimes you said that you don't always want especially in these kind of films low budget movies anyway a big star because again yeah anyone really like anyone famous or even like big famous would have um would have taken over the movie and it wouldn't have been about the shark and then on like the poster for example mm. it's, it's just the shark but if you had had a massive star but they wanted to be on the poster, and then it's just it comes like that so it's, yeah it was definitely a smart idea that's from steven spielberg mm. to make sure that the shark was the main the main character. Yeah. Um, another point on it though, say about the um the budget was that it cost so seven million up front and then it went up it rose to twelve million. That's that's the figures spoken about. Mm. But it actually made again this is from nineteen seventy eight over four hundred and seventy two million. Mm. So I don't again I don't know what a conversion rate that would be. That's that's big money for the seventies. Not bad days work, eh? No, no, definitely not. For not for a film where the shark bloody didn't work, yeah. small cast and animosity on set. And um, all the issues of that, so that's 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 a lot of money, and it, obviously now if you worked out today, it just it gets re-released every like, pretty much every year almost. It'd be every it's be in the billions now, mm. but another and then, yeah, and then the Rotten Tomato score for it was ninety eight percent on the critics and then ninety percent on the um, audience, which I imagine that's probably down to just um, maybe some scared people because um, yeah, that, I, that's probably probably I didn't like it. It scared me. It scared me because I'm pretty sure isn't that isn't that. Um, my granddad and your dad, Eric, um, is that story he used to always tell, wasn't it? When he saw Jaws at a young age, he was asleep on night and he had, he had a nightmare. Yeah. That he was, was going to attack his feet. So that's, um, the, uh, and, and, and my mum, she, um, she, she said about it being actually terrifying. So, and it, taking on to that point, actually, 
that's it's an interesting thing that Jaws is actually only a PG. So wow. yeah, it's yeah. it's um I think it's um like twelve over here, but in, like, the actual official rating for it was only a PG, mm. which you find really interesting because it is it is a horror. It's it's not a um. It's not, not, a, it's not a kid film, is no, it? No, it's, it's not not a PG. It's a horror. Yeah, you got to think like, PGs now are like. Pff, you take Disney films are PGs. Mm. Jaws is um, I'm not sure. Yeah, Jaws is um, that is it's like it's got scenes where a dog dies. We don't see the dog dying, but then you, you yeah. see the kid die. Yeah, you've seen that part. You um, you see a man's leg. I'm not sure that's cut though from the actual to um, to an older bit or not. I know on TVs it's cut from that, but the rest of the film's still in there. Mm. Um, yeah, you see and you see the um, scene where uh, Quinn's in his mouth getting just chewed around and, and swayed about. Oh yeah, so blood coming from his mouth. Yeah, yeah, for a PG, that's um. Mm. It's it's weird because you look at other films that have just struggled through years to get good ratings and stuff, mm. and then then Jaws out and I'm like, there you go, you can have that. So they yeah, they got very lucky with it because it meant more people go and see it. Mm. And another thing, well, you knew this film was going to do well is that back then, especially in the states, it was released in like over four hundred cinemas, mm. which doesn't usually happen. It didn't really happen back then. It used to be just released in like the big cinemas that would do well, and then over the for a couple for like a month or so, and then it would just trickle out. Mm. Um, around the rest of the rest of the country into the smaller ones into the towns and stuff but this one just went straight out into it and that's why um, I'm pretty sure it's, it's it's classed as the first summer blockbuster or the first big uh, movie blockbuster mm. again because of the amount of money it made um, the reaction it made and I think it's one of the films that turned the tide of oh actually you can do this stuff you can people want to see films and we've had obviously before that there have been loads of other films and all that but it's um, this is one of the big start that big action like oh what's going on here films um it was nominated for best picture it, it, it did very very well mm. so like all that money the um critical rating and it was also nominated and won world it won best sound which it was always going to do because yeah. it was going about earlier for the score but it did it didn't win best picture which i thought it had i, I was under the impression that it was mm. but it lost it to do you know the film it lost it to no i don't know oh, okay it was um one flew over the cuckoo's nest all oh, right with it's michael douglas isn't it I've not seen. I don't know. Uh, was it, uh, Jack, Nich- Jack Nichols? I thought it was. Yeah, do you know? I think he actually is Jack Nichols. He won the Oscar for it, I believe. Was that a Stephen King film? Was that? I think so. Um, oh, no, that was The Shining, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, did. he won the. Um, he was in the, the Shining. Was mm. Funny enough, Stephen, Stephen King's very most successful film, but he also hated it, so I guess that shows about it all. Oh, right. Yeah, Stephen, Stephen King, after The Shining came out, he didn't, um, he didn't enjoy it, did he? He said it was crap. It wasn't. It wasn't his. But obviously, then it's now probably the uh, the most real famous. And um, like I know he got loads of Stephen King films that have done well. Like even like Pet Cemetery was remade only this year or last year. Mm. Um, but yeah, The Shining was the main one. And obviously, we then got the um, Doctor Sleep. Did you did you see Doctor Sleep? I think it was Doctor Sleep. No. With, um, no, with no, Ewan no. McGregor, which is about the Shining, where he plays um, the kid. The name's gone round my head. Is it Andy? I can't remember, but yeah, that was um that was interesting. I, mm. I would recommend that. It was a very good film. But back onto Jaws. I know a little kind of a little fun fact about it was that George Lucas, who was around that time, would have been nineteen seventy eight. I think the same year as Star Wars. I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. Or yeah. So again, these two other films coming out. Bloody a good year for that. Isn't it? Um, went down to visit Steven Spielberg and see the shark. And they put his head in the shark, like as you know, everyone always does. Whenever you get a, a chance to put your own one of the things, you always do it. Ah, be mm. so scared. And they the the cast mucked around and closed the shark's head. Mm. But as we said earlier, where the the shark was so poor and it was breaking down all the time, it got broke, it stuck. Mm. So you've just got George Lucas, the creator of Star Wars, with his head stuck in between this mechanical shark's teeth, and they've having to like pry it down with um, crowbars to get it out. So um, yeah, that must have been quite scary. <laughs> That's like the prequels, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Um, is there any, what do you think of it though? What, what, um, what about? Did you watch the other three? The other two films, um, three, so one, two, two, three, and four. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I got two, three, and four. I said I think three was good because it was so bad. Yeah. Four. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Michael Caine would ever appreciate you mentioning, yeah. you know, associating him with that film. Um, the second one, yeah, it was okay. Mm. I think really they were spawned because obviously of the success yeah. of what Jaws was. And the thing is, I mean, I'm a firm believer if you're making money, it's a success. Yeah. And if when you, if you look at, if you look, check up on Wikipedia or stuff like that, because it'll show you how much it costs and how much it made, I think all four, all, all the, pre, the sequels 
they still made money. Mm. Um, but for me, the first one is always going to be the best. It's an iconic film. Yeah. And for me, what makes it so great, also the fact that you don't see the shark so much, you, you're left with your Im imagination, but it's such a simple idea. Mm. Um, there's a shark in a little town um, which relies on its summer economy mm. to survive. Yeah. And so they put in wealth before health. Yeah. And, you know, it really is such, it is just such a simple idea. It's quite interesting yeah. to say about wealth before health, because I'm pretty sure if you ask a few people right now about the current climate we're living in, with um, opening things back up, it was, it was again the kind of argument of wealth before health. Yeah. And yeah. see, so it's not like people talk about like, oh, well that would never happen in real life. It's like, well, you're living through it right now. We, mm. We've been told to stay indoors, but... They've also opened everything up, so it's money will always become a major factor for it. And in them kind of worlds, again, like what you, I feel like in the film, you do have to, from the mayor side of things, you have got to like obviously in the book, we said earlier, there was more to it, mm. but in that one, just having to think, like if he hadn't opened the beaches, if no one had come, that that would have, would have probably bankrupt the whole mm. town, it would have um, had no. No, but then again, saying that, I'm guessing in the, I can't remember in the second one if people did come back. I, I haven't seen the second one in quite a while. The second one I remember is more about, um, it's more, more about, I think, Brody's well, eldest. Yeah. Because um, at that time, he's, he's, um, he's now like a sort of, um, a teenager, sort of, mm. um, what they call um, seniors in, yeah. in, in America. And so he's sort of like going out more on, the, you know, with his friends out on, on the boat. Um, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, is it had a lot of um, Brody's PTSD as well, didn't it? Because at one point he's um, he starts shooting at the water, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he thinks yeah. he sees a um, his shadow, but it was just a some sort of fish. And yes, yeah, so it's about his like PTSD and what's going on. Because he he gets taken off the police force as well, doesn't he? I believe. Oh yeah, I think there's um. I think I think he's uh, suspended. Yeah. But obviously, he ends up being right because a shark yeah. does come back. And then we get the um the silliness of a family of sharks apparently that are just after the Brodies. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think less said about the fourth one, the better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the first one is always going to be one of the, the greatest films. Well, like you said, um, I mean, I'm surprised they haven't rebooted it. But like you said, because of the way they filmed it, mm. they probably can't. Yeah. And in a way, that is a good thing. Yeah, yeah. I just um I think if they did re because. There's just no point. As you said, we weren't, the way we filmed it, it was for that time. Now, in this day and age, we've seen films like, have you ever seen The Shallows or 47 Metres Down? They could probably film it and make this, and the CGI would look good and they could change it around mm. that. But there's just no point. It's, yeah. it's yours. And, and the remakes, I think we got quite lucky now because they have been remaking so many films and it hasn't worked. No. Like, I don't think, that, I, off the top of my head, there is not one successful remake from the actual from the classic because there'd be loads of remakes like through um, through years films from the 60s or, uh, or 50s they don't get remade in the 80s or 90s but mm. changing it around that's a bit different but now like there's no iconic films that have been remade in the last few in the last 10-12 years I can think of that mm. have actually really taken over and I'd say the new trend seems to be is sequels so I'm quite surprised they haven't um, made a sequel to it because um, we saw with like Halloween and the most recent Terminator was they just they, mm. they retconned the films they didn't like and just kept the ones they did. Mm. So like the Terminator, Salvation or Terminator, I don't know what it's called, the newest one I haven't seen yet. Um, it got rid of the third film, the fourth film, which was um, with Chris Christian Batman. It's going right my head. Bale. Christian Bale and the fourth and then Genesis, which was um, with Emily Clark from Game of Thrones. They retconned them out. And the new that newest one was just from the first film, second film, and that was now technically the third film. Mm. You know, throughout the um, Halloween films, pretty much the newest Halloween film cut out all of them. Um, it, it literally it was just following from the first film, so that's technically the second one. So they they even got rid of the, the whole second thing about Laurie being the um, the sister, which was a shame. So I thought that was the only interesting bit of that. Yeah. But so I'm quite surprised we haven't had a Jaws two, which would have followed on from that, or maybe even. A sequel route, a sequel slash reboot where you could have had um set in the same island, mm. um, like that they're doing the new Ghostbusters film where it's um they the kids are the original cast like grandchildren. Oh right. But yeah, if you if you see the trailer for it, it shows um that Vankman's um 
grandson, he finds the car and they become the Ghostbusters with Paul Rudd. It does look interesting. Yeah. So I'm, I'm surprised they haven't tried to do some of that. But saying that, they probably will at some point. Because again, it's, yeah. such, it's such a popular um, IP, it will, um, it will bring money in. But I'm hoping they don't because Jaws is just perfect as it is. You don't need to muck around with um, anything mm-hmm. like that. It's, as you said, it's um, one of the greatest films of all time. It's, it's perfect. There's, there's not anything in it I would change. Yeah. There's, there's literally nothing. No, it's, it's just for me, it's just a, a real, it's a great film of just a real simple story. Yeah. And in a way, I like sort of like Brody, one man's quest yeah. to sort of, you know, to, to stop. Yeah. You know, the, the, you know, what is happening, what he knows is happening. Yeah. You know, because he's a sheriff, he's, so he sees this as he's his town, he's seeing his people uh, effectively being murdered. It was also, it, and again, films like this probably have done very well for, for that town. Because it wasn't what well, I can't remember the actual name, it wasn't called Amity, Amity Island or anything like that. Well, that was the, from the book or um, just made up. But the actual town it was filmed on was a real small town full of only a few, a few thousand people. And that's why they filmed it there. Well, they filmed it there as well because the wall, mm. the sea length around the town only went, I think it was 35 metres down. Yeah. So quite a small amount of, for, for a sea, you could probably, you could dive that realistically. And it allowed them to film and stuff like that. But a lot of the extras on the beaches when they're running away are just townsfolk where they just yeah. say, we're making a film, anyone want to be in it, come to the beach today. And that's only told just that when we say do it, run away screaming shark. And so uh, since then, apparently it's brought in a lot of um, tourists for that town. So it's, it's, it's definitely helped them out. They've actually got their little town full of um, people and to come and see it. Richard Dreyfuss enjoyed himself as well during the filming, of, mm. during the making of that filming with um, with the groupies. Really? Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he, um, he admitted on the um, the making of Jaws. Mm. He said that he said he enjoyed himself. Mm. Yeah, we'll leave what that means um, yeah. to the people's <laughs> imaginations. Yeah. Um, another fun thing about it was when they obviously they killed the tiger shark and um, they opened it up and they, the, the, um, the license plate came up I'm pretty sure that was a nod I can't remember the exact scene but it was a nod to a real life thing where they did mm. and they did put out a, um, a license plate and then funny enough in, have you seen have you seen Deep Blue Sea? yeah yeah the scene in the beginning of well, sorry about, about 10 minutes into the film you have um, the actor who plays Carter he's, um, he's swimming with the tiger shark mm. and he pulls a license plate out of his mouth that was meant to be a, um, a nod to Jaws because yeah. of the whole license plate thing. And it's, it's also, it was quite an interesting thing about that because it's, um, one thing I like about Jaws is that whilst there was, it had a lot, it played a line around with logic and it played, it wasn't exactly real or true, but it did have other little factual bits in it, like with the tiger shark, being that tiger sharks are, they're called like the scabs or foxes of the sea because when they're hungry, they will just eat anything. Mm. So it, that, that wasn't meant to be the joke of it, that it would just eat that. And, that's, I, I quite enjoyed that little that little snippet of it that it wasn't um, just all make believe or silly about it. Yeah, it was. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you've also then got just going through the whole film the um, the scene where I can't remember her name Evelyn I think it is or Lillian one of the two you know, the mum who um, who her son obviously unfortunately dies in the beginning of the film. Yeah, she slaps um, Brody around yeah. the face. But that scene, because Steven Spielberg couldn't find what he liked, took 17 takes to 17 slaps. And wow. it's, it's getting harder and harder because every time so she does it, it's a little smack. By the end of it, the one that he actually liked was a proper a proper hit. Yeah. And if you watch the film now, you'll see his side of his face. He's actually already red because he's been <laughs> smacked so many times. He was, um, yeah, Spielberg wanted it to really look real. He didn't want it to look fake. He wanted the um, and you were getting something about the hand earlier. You can tell he was had a lot of detail going into it. Mm. He really, really wanted to make sure that um, every scene felt real or was real. Mm. And again, it wouldn't surprise me if they were drinking real because he wanted that story to be um, to be true. He wanted people to actually really believe what Quint was saying. He wanted the, he wanted the slap to be real. He wanted to see the hand be real. He got a um, actress. So he got a stunt woman to be in the very beginning of the film mm. just so he could um yank her around as hard as he wanted because he knows that's what she's there for and she's going to be up for that kind of thing as a real actress would have been again a bit more edgy mm. about it she was up for it and I, I, I like and I think that's one of the reasons why after this film Steven Spielberg just went on probably the hottest run of pretty much any director didn't he yeah and you've got to think oh, yeah. what was it? after this was um, Close Encounters E.T. Indiana Jones yeah. Star Wars like yeah yes he was very, very good in the 70s and 80s, even still to this day. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and that was one of the main, and obviously George said, was, 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 was the second film, it was his first real big 
mm. film that allowed him to show what he can do and mm. the um what he what he was good at. Um, it was good of his of how he persevered with the film as well. Because yeah. like you said earlier, of how much it went over budget, yeah. and it really uh, there was times where they thought that the film wasn't going to get made. Yeah, and yeah. they wanted it released because like the book was they wanted it released on hot on the heels of, of the book's release. Yeah, so they didn't want it to wait too long for it to actually be for the film to be made. Mm. So yeah, the amount of things that. Um, went wrong if it could go wrong it did go wrong like I said um, there is a documentary I think it's called um, uh, The Shark The Shark Stop Working or The Shark Still Shark Still Working which is all about making the jewels and um, even little things that back then when you were making the film you didn't have the luxury that you do now because mm. they like they were out in the sea and as they were because all it was meant to be was just that just them and the shark. Mm. And as they're filming, all of a sudden, they've got this little boat that comes into the, into the picture. Mm. As in now, you can just wipe it away yeah. Yeah, with technology. Yeah. Back then, you couldn't. So they had to wait for the boat to get out, <laughs> to get out of the scene. Yeah. Um, oh, what was another thing about, I remember um, a lot of, because that's the thing about it, over budget, it also ran massively, as I said, you meant to go over time. Yeah. It wasn't meant, it was meant to be a lot quicker than that, and it just, they couldn't do it because again, when you're filming out in the sea, you're not you're not in um. They could have they could have cheated it if I wanted to go against Silver Spoke. We've been through it a minute ago. It's not like that. They could have just done this swimming pool in the in the, the water that would have worked. Mm. And then they wouldn't have to worry about worry about any boats or anything. But he wanted it to be on set. He wanted it to be out there, and so they could only film during certain points of the day because again, tide being in and out, you couldn't. And they wanted to keep it in these certain areas, so they had to abstain certain spots. You couldn't have. And so you had the timings, you couldn't really do it at night time, so night shoots. But they did obviously certain bits in the pool, as I said earlier, about the, um, the the boat scene. Bits they really had no choice about, or bits you had no point in mucking around with. Mm. But, so you, and yeah, so it ran, it ran over, and it was really, I said at the beginning of this, it was quite lucky that the um, the studio heads obviously wanted to see this film made, because again, it was it was costing money. Yeah. And from seven million, so it literally it cost over, they had to pay an extra half, 50% of the original budget to get it made. And twelve million back then was a lot of money. It made the money back. To yeah. It worked, but it could have easily it could have easily not. And we've seen how many films come out like of this this genre that don't work. Yeah. yeah. And um, so I'm, I'm pretty sure was it Piranha the original one. I'm pretty sure that came out before Jaws, and that didn't exactly do amazing. It might have come out after. I'm not sure if Jaws started the trend of the um, monster animals or if it was just in a line of them already because. There's already films like monster films with um like the the, ori- the original like goofy ones like vampires and Dracula and whack, but then to have an actual animal one where it was like that was was quite scary and it allowed um it did definitely it definitely sparked hundreds and hundreds of um shark films afterwards, which is ooh. hi just very sorry quickly um I had to pause it and now the spot's got a bit jolty so if there's a big jolt from one conversation to another it's because of that. So yeah, back into it. You were saying there about um, younger generation. As I said actually earlier on, talking about it, you can't show Jaws to a, to a new person. You couldn't show it to um, Harry, my, my cousin, or Molly, my cousin. You couldn't show them really now because they wouldn't find it scary. They Once they see the shark, they just see this big rubber um, mechanism that doesn't actually work pretty much. They're just going to be like, it's it's silly. It's, it doesn't look real. It looks stupid. Yeah. But the, the way they made the, the actual film is... Where I think the fear does come come into it, the, the music, and just like the way he's actually yeah. filmed it. Mm. Um, one of one of the, the scenes that we haven't talked about was when um, at the beginning they've now put out this um, this bounty for, for, for mm. the shark, and two fishermen have gone down to yeah gone down and chucked in uh, one the, of them the Christmas uh, hand yeah, wasn't it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, chucked the chuck meat in mm. and the, obviously the shark's got it mm. and yanked uh, the pier mm. they're, they're on away, away yeah. from them and one of them's got, both of them have gone into the yeah. sea and one of them's gone further and then he's like swim as he's and then because of the way the, the, the camera's on him the way it's been filmed and the music mm. and the way the camera's coming closer to him, you think, he's a goner. Yeah. 
and then all of a sudden it just stops. Um, so things like that. It, mm. it, well, it, yeah, again, because that it shows the power of the shark, like mm. how strong it is. But then the real thing that shows how scary and how powerful this shark is is where they're actually on the boat at the end of not the end of the end of them, but around that last like half an hour or so. And Quint shoots the barrels into him. Yeah. And he, he, yeah, he actually says, like, no shark will go under without more than one barrel, right? So he goes down, he comes back up. He's like, he shoots another one in. And he goes down again. He's like, ah, okay. Shoots a third one in, but he still goes down. And you can see in his face, he's like, that's not possible. This, And that's where he believes that this shark is a demon kind of th- mm. thing coming back for him. And that he can't beat it. That he's beaten. He's, he's a guy, he's a shark hunter. He knows how to kill sharks. And that he, this shark, he just won't lose mm. and that he um, even with the barrels attached then um, he's dragging the boats back and you can see that this shark is just overly powerful and it's it's there for him in his mm. mind all three of them believe it's there for in different ways because they've all got a connection to the sharks in, in one way or another so that Brody just being absolutely terrified of these animals a, a fish out of water essentially from New York he's now living on this little island um, Hooper was um, he got into sharks after one uh, capsized his boat and ripped it to pieces yeah. and obviously Quinn with the whole being attacked yeah. on the Indianapolis so they've all got this connection to these different sharks and about how it's going to what's it going to do to them mm. and that's again you see that Hooper's got more of a fascination with them that's why he goes in the cage he's happy to do that he's happy to go underwater when he knows he's there or Brody doesn't want to go anywhere near the water mm. and Quinn's just there to fight and kill it and I quite like their, their three different reasons behind why they're um, so far into it. It's see a bit closer. I'm not sure I'm going to hear what I'm saying there. But you then also got through the whole of the film that the townspeople, like you see the scene where they're on the beach and the um, and no one's in the water. So you get the mayor saying to that guy, to the guy, he's like, just jump in, and which leads to everyone getting in the water, mm. so we're having fun. And that's then where the shark ends up in the... Uh, was the, the pond, the, the pond yeah. yeah they called it the little small one which yeah which then leads to the death of the guy and then Brody's kid almost being yeah. attacked which I, I don't know why they didn't do that did they was it in the book that Brody's kid died did they have anything like no, that no I've said I've only, I've only read bits of the book I said mm. I, mean, I didn't know about the um, they may have been threatened by, oh, okay. by the mafia mm. Um, the main parts I remember of the book was that Hooper died mm. and that he had an affair yeah. with Brody's wife. Okay. So in a way, it sort of, I suppose you could not justify someone dying, but he was like, so I suppose cast as a bit of a villain. Yeah, he's better. And, and in a way, in in the film, you yeah, know, the villain does get his yeah. desserts. I guess I guess we will say with books though as well, you have to. Um, Feel a lot more pages, don't you? Like with a film, it's two hours, it's probably 200 pages or something. But in a book, like you have a proper size book, you want it to be a bit longer, so you need, yeah. to, you need to have more subplots than just the actual story. I mean, I, I think you can't beat the book, I always mm. think the book's better than the film, okay. Uh, me personally, yeah. Um, but then I am glad for the fact that they didn't follow, yeah, with the, the affair scene because, yeah, she, she was very, she was very loyal, mm. um, to, to yeah. her husband. And the fact, you know, you would have lost that cage thing, which was abs- was actually yeah. one of the most te- terrifying parts of the film. Mm. And it was, and you could see why Spielberg wanted to keep that. Yeah. Because that was actual, ac- that actually happened. Yeah, she was, um, it was um, Ellen Brody from the, I can't remember exactly the actual name, it was Lorraine something. Uh, Lorraine Gary, I okay. think, yeah. And yeah, she, she was really good in it. She, um, I really liked her, her role of just not wanting to be there anyway. She kept on saying, I was going back to New York. Um, mm. Being making dinner and like reading the book, um, she well, she obviously wasn't in it that much, and it wasn't it was it wasn't really about her. It was meant to be about the shark and Brody and, and yeah. really just them two because Quint's only in it for a good like what, twenty minutes, and I think um, Hooper only only comes into it about halfway. He's only in it for about maybe about twenty minutes. It's really about um, Brody and yeah, the shark their story. The other two are more side characters that come into it later on, and um, that's nothing bad. I said about earlier about the shark only being in it for four minutes. Yeah, actually, you don't actually see the shark. It's an hour and like twenty-five minutes in mm. before you actually see the shark. And again, that's only a real small like, glimpse at it, and you only just see it um, with his mouth open. Yeah. Which I did find out the reason why, if you actually watch the film, his mouth was never closed. They couldn't get it to work. Yeah. They couldn't get the mouth to close. So the scene where it um, has Brody in its mouth and it's just swaying it back and forward is because they couldn't get the mouth to close. Mm. So they just and they just dragged him in, which was um, better. No, yeah, I'm pretty sure he almost drowned making that there was a few issues with it yeah with um 
we were obviously filming it and stuff like that, but again, 70s, um, you go through things like that. I'm thinking it was that one. I'm not sure. Yeah. I'm, 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 yeah, I've, I've got them in mind now, because I'm just don't know a bit. You know, have you ever seen Evil Dead? No. Okay, it's a, a horror film of Sam Raimi, I want to say. I might be completely wrong there. Hopefully I'm not. Um, the scene in the second film where um, one of the, guy, the guys getting dragged into, into a basement. Yeah. And as he's getting dragged down, they just they throw a load of blood at him um, to, to indicate that he's being ripped to pieces. But by doing that, they were throwing it into his face and he, after it was almost done, he was um, he, had, he had to have like, medical help because he, for a couple of minutes, was just getting, he couldn't breathe just getting attacked. But yeah, I'm pretty sure there was a scene in Jaws where they had the same situation, but I might be getting confused with that, so apologies if I am. But yeah, um, we're looking at the time there. I think that'd be a good point to wrap it up to get, yeah. to get on with our days. But yeah, well, in, in, in summary of Jaws, it is one of the greatest films ever made. That's, there's no argument there. It's one of the greatest shark films. It is probably, it is the greatest monster film or beast film, you want to, mm. you want to call it, ever made. And I don't think it will ever, ever be rivaled about on any point. It will never, ever be another film to come out that will make people go like, oh, that was better than Jaws, or that was better. It never will happen. They can make films uh, uh, kind of like it or whatever, but Jaws will always be the, the standard. And maybe unfair, maybe it's, it's, an, it's, a, it's a detriment to any other filmmakers. It's the first big one that came out, and it, mm. no one can beat it. It's, um, and we're now talking about, like, what is it, 40 years on? And still, nothing will ever beat yours. It's no. I think it's one. one of the films that is going to stand for time. Yeah. And the way, the fact that the um, technology you had then, and they still, you know, the lack of it, and they still made it work. Yeah. And they probably made it work even better. For one, you had the great, one, one of the greatest bits of music. I'm probably only going to rival it second to Rocky. Mm. Um, but the fact that you know, even though you didn't see it, you knew it was there. Yeah, and they and it, that's a compliment to how they filmed it, how they made it, and it said all the other extras they put in there with the fact where they use a real hand. Mm. Um, and seventeen times to slap someone to to get the per to get the perfect yeah the perfect noise the perfect look yeah. The chemistry of it all, yeah, and yeah, it's, it's just something that's it's never going to be beaten, and um, you know, don't even try. Yeah. <laughs> you're never, you're, you know, you're never going to beat this film. No, uh, you know, and uh, all we got to say is, uh, as a movie goer, thank you, Steven Spielberg, for you know, that's thank it. you for, for whoever bankrolled the film for that, the, yeah, for, for continuing with it. That yeah, I fully agree, and then. Um, and well, Joe, thank you, Steven Spielberg, just for being a really, really good director <laughs> and producer and writer. But anyway, that was um, Jaws with Mark, my uncle. I hope you enjoyed it. Um, if you did, please give us a like, subscribe, and share it around. This was Crystal Pictures. Thank you. Bye bye. <laughs>